Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Taylor. How's it going, Taylor? Going pretty good. I am not a zombie or trapped in a television, so I think that's coming out on top. Perfect. Uh, Steve is trapped in the television lab. We'll have to try to get him out somehow, but unfortunately, there's no real guides on the internet on how to do that, so... Yeah, Shocker doesn't provide actually much instruction, really. The the main character just knows how to do everything, so we're just going to have to take <laughs> notes. And, uh, I, you know, does it work with different TVs? They had different TVs back in the day, too. I'm yeah. not even sure if my flat screen or anything... Uh, we're we're going to... We'll work it out. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, because I think if you've never seen Shocker, like, you look at the poster, you know, okay, it's about a guy that gets electrocuted, whatever. I don't think most people know about the body swapping and eventually the whole TV thing. Like, I think that's just something about this movie that you just only can find out if you once you watch the movie. Yeah, and I mean, this... Spoilers for um, when we first watched it, but this was the first time that I watched Shocker. I had seen po- the poster before. Yeah. Um, that was very familiar to me for some reason. Um, but actually watching the movie was an entirely different ride. Um, and just trying to figure out... What the fuck is going on with all the characters? <laughs> it um, uh, the characters are wild, that's for sure. Yes, and everyone has some sort of strange, different paranormal power, you know, yeah. like the ability to like having visions and dreams, or being able to come back as a ghost, or you know, shocker in general, just being able to electrify yourself and move through TVs and things like that, which. I feel like should have been utilized a little early in the film. That sequence at the end was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of one of those things, again, where, like, I think it, it, it's something I don't like to tell people about because I'm, like, just going to watch the movie. And I'll tell them, once you get to the TV sequence, you'll know. You'll thank me later. Because it's just, it's such a wild trip of a sequence. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh... What is Shocker about? Well, after being sent to the electric chair, a serial killer uses electricity to come back from the dead and carry out his vengeance on the football player who turned him into the police. Um, which, by the way, the actor playing the main character, the the football player, um, yeah, he's not the greatest actor, but I yeah. love the when he's just like chewing the scenes. I think his name is Peter Berg. Um, yeah, he just, he chews the scene, like, whenever he's on. It's so funny. Yeah, it, there were parts of this movie that I had to stop and be like, is this, like, a satire, almost? Like, there are some, there are some scenes that just, I don't know, there's a humor to them that makes me think it's almost poking fun at itself, in a way, which I enjoyed. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Funny enough, I think he's like a he's more into directing movies now than he is um, 
uh, writing movies, so or uh, starring in movies. So, so he's got like uh, thirty six directing credits to his name. Works a lot with The Rock. Funny enough. Dang, interesting. Yeah. So when you watch this movie, you can say this guy really likes to work with Mark Wahlberg and uh, The Rock. So dang, which kind of checks out. Once you see this movie, you're like, eh, I can see that. Um, but yeah, uh, what is, oh, I told you, I mentioned what Shocker's about, duh. Uh, (laughs) yeah, I think you mentioned you, this was your first time watching Shocker, right? Yeah, yeah, I had seen, I feel like I had seen some sort of promo stuff about it a long, long time ago, and I definitely recognized the poster when I, when I searched up the movie the first time, but first time actually watching through completely, yeah. I think it's just one of those posters or vhs covers that like once you see it you're like oh that looks fucking cool like yeah it's hard to forget whatever everyone's got a different personal taste but i think very universally if you look at this poster you're like i need to find out what this movie's about just love about the 90s covers for like movies because that was like their way of selling you on a movie like you'd be walking around the video rental store and you would just see that cover and I mean, sometimes it wouldn't even be really indicative of what the movie's about, but it, it yeah. had that brief little, like, second or two to just sell you on it, so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Really, really effective kind of poster, and just, yeah, gets you sort of uh, anticipating what's to come next, so. Um, yeah, I watched Shocker, oh my gosh, I want to say, like, Back in like the late '90s, I just saw it on a video rental store. Uh, and I just was like, I gotta, I gotta watch this. This looks cool. Again, coming back to the idea of like the covers were really selling you on the movie, even if it wasn't really indicative of the movie. But in this case, it kind of was. Like, yeah, the poster kind of tells you like it's like about a guy that gets shocked and he's still, still alive. He's angrier, if anything. Um, and yeah. Uh, a little bit of supernatural. They never really fully explain why he's able to do the things that he does, and I don't think I really needed an explanation either. But it's just interesting that they just sort of like, yeah, for some there were some rocks around him when he when he uh, is in front of the TV and he gets he gets uh, shocked or whatever. But aside from that, mm. they don't really tell you too much about what's going on with this. I I think that was supposed to be some sort of like satanic ritual or something like that. Yeah. I I had thought I tried to look it up online because I also was like I need to read about this movie or I at some point I need to rewatch this movie because there were things that I feel like I just didn't quite understand about where everything is coming from and I think I read someone saying that that was some sort of satanic ritual which. It was very, very quick, um, yeah. and they probably could have done a little bit more to explain some of that stuff if they wanted to. But again, it does fit with the atmosphere of this movie to just be like, all right, he's just this way now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, all right, we had a couple emails, one's from Derek. He says, the TV sequence ranks up there were some of the coolest shit I've seen in a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what other cool sequences I've seen in horror movies, but that one's up there for sure. I mean, it's just so well done, so cool. Yeah, and it's really like I don't know. It's definitely like 
that MTV generation of like kind of like remixing stuff and all that like that was kind of the vibe back then and I, I think it's kind of cool that they kind of use that in a way that I mean to be fair it probably doesn't make a whole ton of sense but it still kind of works with what the movie's trying to do yeah I, I think my one complaint about this movie is that they almost spent a little bit too long building up to the electric chair thing um, yeah. and I kind of wished they had I mean this they they could have cut a little bit out of this movie it's about an hour and 45 minutes ish so they could have just taken like 10 or so minutes off of that first part and just got right to him being shocked and becoming this like electricity demon basically because um, that was the stuff that really made me go like oh what the fuck is even happening right now and like really pay attention um and yeah. and have a good time whereas the, yeah the stuff before that i was kind of just like meh we could move on from this we don't we don't need so much backstory about this random kid and his foster family and all that kind of stuff you know no. we could we could have just had him be uh be an electricity demon and there's like a big subplot in this uh where you're sort of led to believe that peter berg's character is the killer and it never goes anywhere um <laughs> yeah it's like by the end it's like oh they let him go and i'm like what was the whole point of that like that honestly that whole subplot could have been gone like yeah yeah, I I didn't hate the the weird thing about him being his biological father too. Like that oh, also yeah. kind of came out of nowhere and wasn't really needed. But I didn't quite hate it as much as yeah some other things that just seemed like I don't know. There were so many times that it seemed like oh well, they're gonna get him, they're gonna get him, and then he just gets away, and then they gotta kind of do it all over again. <laughs> By the way, did you spot uh, leather Heather Langerkamp in this movie? Oh, which who was she? She was one of the uh, Horace's victims. Oh, yeah. I did not spot that while I was watching. Yeah, uh, like it's it's when he comes out of the TV and she's like in the bed. Yeah, it's a very like just blinking you'll miss a moment. But yeah, it's uh, if you're uh, a fan of Wes Craven, you'll you'll spot her in there. It's pretty 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 cool little moment, but. Mm. I did also um, recognize Rhino in this movie. The the best, the, I guess he's the best friend of the main character, um, Richard Brooks, who he's in Firefly, I think right at the end of the season um, as a character named Jubal Early. And I, I it took me a second because it's been a while since I've rewatched Firefly. I was like, I recognize this guy. And then yeah. I realized it. So that's that was pretty cool too. Yeah. There's a lot of like, just really cool actors in this um uh even like the uh the newscaster played by john tesh who shows up a few moments now that is like one kind of subplot in this that i liked how they paid that off with him being like on the news channel and then uh they come crashing in at that one point like that was kind of like a cool like okay we've seen him pop up and providing little exposition throughout but then he actually uh, he gets his moment there near the end. So, yeah, I really liked that too. <laughs> Man, uh, I I will say though, uh, there's lots of uh, media outlets in this movie that just give away all of the details. I mean, I'll get into it more <laughs> when we get to dumbest decision, but. Man, yeah, just tell the killer all the information that the police have. That's real smart. Let's just throw yeah. everything out there. Yeah. 
another question we have is Jesse says, or not really a question, it's more of a statement, but Jesse says, the soundtrack to this is a banger. Oh, yes. Yeah. I want to say, like, it was like a band made up of a bunch of members of different bands from the 80s. Like, think like Tommy Lee from Motley Crue and a bunch of other people were in the band. And uh, I don't think they did much, but they did do the soundtrack to this. And it really is. Honestly, it's like one of the, the cooler things in the movie. Like, just mm-hmm. once you hear that soundtrack at the beginning, you're like, oh, this movie's going to be pretty gnarly. I can just tell. Yeah, yeah, that that opening was pretty good. It that hooked me right from the beginning with that music to be honest. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh best line. Now, like I said, there's a lot of really good lines in this. Um mm. some some uh might be, it might be harder to choose to be honest cuz I did really like a lot of them. Um yeah, that was one of the things that made me think that this was, was parts of this were maybe supposed to be a satire just because of the way that people were delivering lines. Yeah. Like when um when the cop dad after he after shocker guy kind of like explodes into electricity and fire and all that stuff and the cop dad looks and goes, "Jesus, that chair really kicks ass." <laughs> yeah. That was just like so out of nowhere but also just made me laugh. And yeah. then at some point I think the shocker guy like bites someone's hand and he goes finger licking good it's yeah. just like little quips like that uh or the woman that's watching the tv eating the potato chips she says i've heard of audience participation shows but this is ridiculous yeah <laughs> oh yeah this movie was great at those lines that's for sure and whoever wrote the script loved the word fuck or fucker because it appears so often throughout this movie that it <laughs> borders on completely unnecessary but i give it a pass just because every time they said it i chuckled so yeah yeah i mean honestly this this movie kind of suits kind of suits that kind of vulgarity so it worked yeah um yeah uh yeah the another one's too is when the they're saying like oh is the fucker alive and then the other and then the priest says like i don't know and he says well i'm fine boys just fine uh, it's mm. just like, yeah, just this movie's absurd. Like yeah. whoever wrote the script <laughs> must have been on drugs because there's no other way to explain it. Um, and then best kill, I put Allison, even though you don't see it, but like just seeing like the entire room covered in blood, I was like, okay. I usually don't give that award to kills we see uh, that are off screen, but. I give it a bit of a pass just because it was pretty gnarly to see all the blood all over the room. They did a good job with that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there on best kill. I the the other one I had down was um when he gets his head in the TV at the end. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. When he like trying to escape and he just crashes through it. But yeah, the the bloody bathtub scene is probably the most gruesome that we got in the in the film and so I I put that as best kill yet yeah, even though it was a little disappointing we didn't actually see it. Yeah, might have been even interesting to flash back at that at the end and show him doing it, but mm. at the same time, probably wasn't necessary either. So, and I didn't feel like her ghost had enough blood on her for what <laughs> what yeah. the bathtub scene looked like. Like she just had like some trickles coming down from her head, but like 
man, she was covered in blood. She should have just been drenched in ghost form. But you know, yeah. just my just my ghost critique. That's all. Yeah, could have used more blood on that ghost. I agree. It looked like she was definitely uh, cleaned up quite a bit. So. Yeah, but I mean, she's the love interest, so she's got to still look beautiful. So True. I get it. <laughs> still got to look like you want to kiss her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dumbest decision. There's a lot in this movie. Um, oh God, yeah. Like I don't know the whole idea at the end of like I'm gonna go into the TV and catch him, and I'm like, how? Like, how did you think that was gonna work? Like, I'm sorry, I don't know. That seems like there was a lot writing on that that he didn't necessarily have the research done for. Yeah, I mean, okay. So this is my little rant about the this. Every single, like, TV show or news station is blasting, oh, hey, so-and-so found the real identity of the serial killer, and this is his real identity. And a serial killer also already knows all of his family because his whole family died. We're just going to blast that across the airwaves so that the serial killer knows that this one specific guy identified him. Okay, now that guy is going to leave his girlfriend alone at home while he goes off and does other things, and the serial killer is just loose out there, like... No, no, bro. You gotta, you gotta find a bunker and get in that bunker because you have just been outed. You, yeah. the whole media has just told the serial killer that you have identified him, and you're just gonna go live your life like normal. That's no, sorry, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> or um, Horace writes uh, Jonathan Happy Birthday, Horace Pinker on the mirror, uh, but it, it, it was Allison's birthday, not Jonathan's. <laughs> yeah, did I he guess. just hear it was birthday someone's birthday but then i'm also like it's later revealed that it's your son when you know your son's birthday but i guess he's a deadbeat dad so maybe he gets a pass yeah deadbeat dad and honestly not someone who seems that choked up about his wife and other foster children dying either like he no. didn't seem nearly upset enough for what was actually happening in the movie <laughs> yeah no definitely not um uh, okay i think it's time to give this a score what are you thinking score wise oh man i mean i do feel like i need to rewatch it um to get the full potential out of it because there were just some things that i blinked and missed um but in general, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I, I don't know if I would go as high as an 8. I think I'm going to go 7.5 for this one. Um, yes. But because I know on a rewatch, too, I think I'm going to like it a lot more. Um, so, I'm yeah, I'm going to go 7.5 for, for now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm giving it an 8. Um, it's, I don't know. It's still not a perfect movie. And I think if you look at it in terms of, like, how good the script is and all that or how good the the shooting is like also too i haven't complained about the fact that during the football sequences you can clearly see all the cameras filming the different <laughs> angles so whoever was fucking filming that did not pay attention to that so there's a lot of stuff that's a rough around the edges on this but like honestly it's this movie is just so absurd and so fun that like it's not perfect, but I still enjoy it so much for what it brings to the table. And honestly, it's like so different from what Wes Craven's done before, like with stuff like Nightmare on Elm Street and other stuff like that. Although Wes Craven did love putting booby traps in his movies, so the idea of like the guy, the Jonathan or whatever, uh, trapping Horace in the, the TV just seems like the ultimate uh, Wes Craven uh, trap. 
Like, instead of, mm. like, you know, like, if you're going to do a booby trap, the TV is the can be the ultimate booby trap, so. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Did we ever get an explanation as to why Jonathan has, like, psychic dream powers, too? Or is that just something that happens? I think it just happens. I don't think the movie, Okay. The movie's moving, too, moving along too fast to explain these things. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? I am on Instagram under the username Technonomicon, where I post uh, every time an episode goes up. I am also on Letterboxd under the username Circeanic, um, where I post movie scores um, when I have the time to update my account. And uh, if I do anything else of interest online, I usually post about it on my blog, which is uh, circeanic.home.blog. Cool. Uh, and then go check out Steve. He's the Steve Dead on Letterboxd and X, formerly known as Twitter. Um... And then, yeah, I'm over at 3 I also do weekly uh, box office recaps for that hashtag show. I also do the odd review for them as well, um, including my review of The Boy and the Heron, which is very good. Uh, also, one of the worst titled movies I've seen in a long time. So uh, <laughs> it's not too late to change it, Studio Ghibli. You can you can do that. I believe in you. Um, and then, yeah, next recording we're covering i don't know i put in here the theme as being pumpkins which even in retrospect like, i don't know what i was putting with that but we're just gonna go with it uh <laughs> hack a lantern from 1988 and tales of halloween a more recent movie from uh 2015 so mm. yeah so we'll We'll watch those next week. They're very, like, Halloween kind of themes. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll watch those in a couple of weeks. And I believe Steve will be back by then. I hope. Hopefully we can rescue him from the television. Yeah, yeah. We're, we still got to go talk to Jonathan about that because he knows what's <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, we neither of us get the psychic dreams that he has, so he might be able to help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, well, until next time, everybody, bye for now.